open your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11. We began last week a new Bible study entitled Masterpiece, and we are in the Hall of Faith. Uh, la semana pasada comenzamos una serie nueva de mensajes titulada uh, Obra de Maestro, y estamos hablando sobre la fe. Hebrews chapter 11 has been called the Hall of Faith, and if you can imagine uh, walking through a, a museum and seeing the, the various portraits uh, or works of art of various uh, important people, uh, the same thing is true as we walk through Hebrews chapter 11. You're seeing the great people and personalities that uh, understood faith, that walked by faith, and that become our example of the power of faith in a human life. Now, the Bible uh, speaks a great deal about faith, and faith is for all seasons. La fe es para todas las épocas de nuestra vida. And that means that right now, in the middle of this season, you and I need faith. How many of you would agree with that? ¿Cuántos entienden y entendemos que necesitamos fe, especialmente en estos tiempos? And so tonight, I want to capture another portrait of faith. Vamos a mirar otro retrato, otro cuadro de la fe. And we're going to begin reading at verse 23. Vamos a comenzar leyendo en el capítulo 11, verso 23 de Hebreos. And tonight I want to focus on Moses, but a particular part of what the scripture says here. Vamos a hablar sobre Moisés esta, esta tarde, uh, en particular una porción que se encuentra aquí. Now, you'll notice that when you read through Hebrews, the, the words are repeated over and over, by faith, by faith, by faith. Cuando usted lee el libro de Hebreos, vez tras vez ve la misma palabra, por fe, por fe, por la fe, por la fe, por la fe. And... Someday, when you and I get to heaven, I think you're going to open up the story of your life, and you're going to see those words, by faith. By faith, Isaac received the Lord Jesus Christ. By faith, Isaac was baptized in the Holy Spirit. By faith, Isaac went into the ministry. And those are going to be the defining points of your life. Say amen, somebody. Are you excited about that? You say, Pastor, well, there won't be much to read about if that's the case. Well, start walking by faith tonight, and you'll have a whole lot to read about. And we'll say, by faith, Kingsway Church endured the coronavirus and, and overcame all of these things that are going on in the year 2020. And we read then tonight, verse 23, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents. Because they saw he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure Ill, Ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, so that he who destroyed the firstborn would not touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as though they were passing through dry land, and the Egyptians, when they attempted it, 
were drowned. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your presence and power of the Holy Spirit among us. We thank you tonight that we can sense and feel your abundant presence in our midst, reminding us that we are not alone and that we are empowered and that you are with us. We thank you tonight for your word, which continues to be a source of great comfort and hope to the body of Christ. I ask you to speak through me tonight, anoint my lips of clay to teach the word of the living God and anoint the hearing of this congregation that they might receive that word. We ask that in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to focus on verse 26 and 27, a couple of phrases there, but before I get to that, I want to go through the first few verses that we've read so that we get a good picture here tonight. Vamos a enfocarnos en el verso 26 y 27, pero antes de llegar a eso, vamos primero a mirar lo que está pasando en los versos anteriores. First of all, notice with me that the Bible says that Moses' parents walked by faith. You realize that faith is a legacy. Vemos primero en el verso 23 que los padres de Moisés caminaron por fe. Entonces vemos que la fe es un legado. And they were able to transmit to Moses by their life, their faith that had been uh, given to them. Ellos pudieron, sus padres pudieron transmitir a Moisés la fe que ellos tenían, la fe de estos padres de Moisés. Now, the Bible tells us that faith comes in, 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 in three ways. La fe viene en tres formas. One, Paul said the faith that was given to you from your grandmother and your mother Lois. So that's the kind of faith we see here, the faith that is transmitted by example. When parents uh, live a life of faith in front of their children, they are teaching and transmitting faith to their children. Cuando los padres uh, enseñan y viven en fe, uh, sus hijos están aprendiendo eso. That's why, parents, it's so important uh, that you uh, bring your children to church. Uh, and right now, since you can't quite do that in the way you're normally accustomed to doing it, then uh, as you uh, sit with them and teach them the word of God, you bring them unto the understanding of faith. That's one way that faith comes. Another, the Bible says that God gives to every man a measure of faith. También dice la Escritura que Dios le da a cada persona una medida de fe. So faith comes from God. He's, he's given you a measure of faith. And I promise you that, that he's given you the measure that you need. And uh, it's enough for you to get things done in your life. La medida de fe que Dios te ha dado es suficiente para que tú hagas cosas grandes en tu vida. Because Jesus said if you had as much faith as a mustard seed, that you would be able to move a mountain. So you don't need all the faith in the world. You just need a little bit of faith. And that faith has been given to you by God. Everyone say, God has given me faith. Now, there's some people God gives a gift of faith, and that operates in a different way, but uh, it is nevertheless a gift from God. Hay algunos que tienen el don de la fe, y ellos operan en cierta forma, pero sin embargo es una obra de Dios. I heard about uh, the great evangelist back in the in the first part of the last century, A. Allen, who uh, had a massive tent and he moved it with several trucks. El hermano Allen movía su, su carpa, su catedral, uh, eh, 
en, en varias trocas in that particular day they were out of gas and they didn't have any money and he said put water in the tank now I don't want you to go put water in your tank tomorrow all right this man had the gift of faith he said put water in the tank and the trucks ran like they were running on gas all right now now that's the gift of faith operating in his life el hermano di, les dijo no tenemos combustible échenle agua al tanque no, usted no haga eso si no tiene el don de fe. Él tuvo el don de fe. Y eso hizo, y esas trocas se movieron como si tuvieran combustible. Entonces, la fe viene de Dios. Faith comes from God. And then finally, you all know this because I quote it about just about every sermon, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Ahora, número tres, la fe viene por el oír y el oír de la palabra de Dios. So, Novelas and soap operas and Facebook and Twitter and Fox News and CNN cannot build your faith. Say amen, somebody. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, the word of Christ. So this faith begins, the, the faith we see in verse 24, 25, 26, 27, 28 begins in somebody else's life. La fe que vemos en Moisés comienza en la vida de alguien más. Whose faith are you impacting by your life tonight? Somebody's, somebody's life, somebody's story is being touched by your faith tonight. La historia de alguien más está siendo tocada por su fe esta noche. Somebody ought to get excited about that because your faith is touching somebody else's life. Su fe está tocando la fe de alguien más. And now, I'll just give you some examples of that. When, when you and, and I give to missions and we send money to the mission field, our faith is touching somebody else so they can hear the gospel, so that they can receive the help that they need in time of trouble. And you and I, by, by our faith being exercised in tithe and offering, are touching somebody else's life. You're impacting someone else's story for the good for the glory of God right now by just living a life of faith. Say amen, somebody. Usted ahora, por vivir la vida de fe, está impactando la vida de fe de alguien más. Now, what did, what did faith do in the life of Moses' parents? Well, what does it say? It says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents. Why was Moses uh, hidden by his parents? He was an ugly baby, Pastor. That's why they... Hid him for three months. No, he wasn't an ugly baby. Uh, it says he was a beautiful child. They hid him because Pharaoh was killing babies. Porque es que escondieron a, a Moisés cuando él nació. Sería un niño muy feo para no mostrárselo al público. No, ellos lo escondieron porque el rey Herodes, el rey, el faraón estaba matando a los niños. Y dice la escritura que ellos vieron que este era un niño hermoso, vieron algo en él tocado por Dios. They saw that something about him was different, that he was touched by God. They saw the call of God on his life. Ellos vieron el llamado de Dios en su vida. And what did faith do in their life? It says that it made them fear this. Los hizo... No temer. What does it say? They were not afraid. Everyone say, not afraid of the king's edict. Do you realize that faith operating in your life makes you fearless? 
la fe operando en tu vida te da poder para vencer el temor. Are you living in fear right now? Get into faith. Faith makes you fearless. La fe no te deja vivir en el temor. Now they had a lot to fear because Pharaoh was mighty. He had an army. He had the power. He had the authority. He had the law. He had the strength. But they realized that there was something about God on this child. And they hid him away. And eventually, uh, Pharaoh's mother put him in a basket and sent him off on the Nile River. Why? Because she believed God. Faith will allow you to release yourself from the fetters of tear, uh, of fear and from the fetters of what will people say and what will people think and how will I make it and how am I going to get through. No, faith will allow you to loose yourself from all of that. And if you're, if you're walking by faith tonight, say, I'm loose. You're loose from every fear, every anxiety, every worry. Come on, somebody. You don't have to live in fear because... Uh, you are operating in the faith of God. And do you realize God is with me? God is for me. I'm not going to be afraid. What can man do to me? Faith liberated them from the control of fear. La fe lo libró del control y el poder del temor. And if you don't allow faith to, to rule your life, fear will. Especially right now. Si usted no deja que la fe gobierne su vida, entonces el temor va a gobernar su vida especialmente ahorita. When you say, Pastor, well, if we have faith and we don't have any fear, why do we have to wear a mask when we come to church? And why do we have to sit in our cars on Sunday morning? Well, because although you have faith, you also have wisdom. Say amen, somebody. It's possible to not walk in fear and still walk in wisdom. Say amen, somebody. I have faith. But every time I cross the street, I still look both ways. Because that bus is not going to disappear just because I say it's not there. You following me? Fear is a spirit. And you can walk in wisdom and not at the same time walk in fear if faith has had its work in your life. How many of you have experienced the deliverance from fear that faith produces? You had to go for a job interview, and then faith showed up with you, and fear was gone. You had to go see the doctor, and faith came with you, and fear was gone. Anxiety was gone. This is the power of faith in your life. Everybody say, get into faith. Now let's see Moses, because that's his, his faith, the faith of his parents. But now it's got to be his faith. So verse, the verse 24 says, by faith, Moses. Now we see uh, that it's operating in him when he was grown up. How many of you are grown up? If you have grown up, you've matured in your faith, now you realize I can't operate on mama's faith or dad's faith or grandpa's faith or Pastor Isaac's faith or anybody or any other pastor's faith. I have to operate in my own faith. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, now let's see what he did here. It says he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You, re you remember that Moses was put on the river in a basket. He floated down the river, and then Pharaoh's daughter found him. She took him in, and she raised this Hebrew boy who Pharaoh was trying to kill, 
Think about that. Pharaoh's trying to kill this Hebrew baby along with all the other Hebrew babies. She finds him in the river. She takes him in. And now Pharaoh is paying for the raising of the Hebrew boy. And then the Bible says that they, they, uh, the, the daughter of Pharaoh said, I need somebody to nurse the baby. And Pharaoh's sister was around there. She said, I know somebody. And she went and brought Pharaoh's mama. And now Pharaoh's mama was paid to be his mama. You see what God can do? And the Bible said that when Pharaoh was grown up, he grew up in Pharaoh's house. He spoke Egyptian. He ate Egyptian meals. He went to Egyptian university. He had an Egyptian training. And yet he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He rejected his identity as an Egyptian because he knew that he had a higher identity as a Hebrew. And what I'm telling you here is this, that all of us here were born or we were, I should say, we were created, man was created with the identity of being sons of God. But then we fell into the sin nature because of Adam. And now all of us are sons of Pharaoh. Until you come to Christ and you say, you know what, I refuse to be Pharaoh's son anymore. I refuse to be Pharaoh's grandson anymore. I'm going to walk as a child of God. Say amen, somebody. How many of you have refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter? You know there's a devil out there who wants to keep you a slave to Pharaoh and a slave to sin and a slave to Egypt. And this is the power of faith. That faith can give you the power to overcome the world. The power to say no to sin is present in your faith. El poder para decirle no al mundo, no al pecado, está en su fe. ¿Por qué? Porque dice que Moisés rehusó ser llamado el hijo de la hija de Faraón. Rehusó la identidad del mundo. Y adoptó la identidad de los hijos de Dios. He adopted his identity as a child of God. Are you a child of God? ¿Cuántos son hijos de Dios esta noche? If you're a child of God, you realize then that what, what, what created that break from your old life was a faith decision. The old hymn says, I have decided to follow Jesus. Él rehusó a través de una decisión de su razón, rehusó ser llamado el hijo de la hija de Faraón. There are a lot of people who, who know about the Christian faith and they grow up in church, they grow up in, the, in a Christian household, but they have not yet refused the identity of the world. That's a decision every person has to make. And if you haven't made it, young man, young lady, you haven't made it, sir, you need to make it tonight. Make the decision to make Jesus Lord of your life. Say amen, somebody. All right, let's go forward here. And then we see that by faith, verse 26, let's read this last phrase here in verse 26. Considering the reproach of Christ, greater riches and the treasures of Egypt, for he, he was looking to the reward. And by faith, he left Egypt. Have you left Egypt? There was too few amens for a number of people in here. You're, giving, you're scaring me now. Have you left Egypt? 
He left Egypt by faith, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood. That means that by faith, he told the nation of Israel, take a lamb and take the blood of that lamb and apply it to the doorpost of your house. And tonight when the death angel comes through here, the angel of death will see the blood of the lamb on your doorpost and will, will pass over your house. And you will avoid the judgment of the plague of the Egyptians. And by faith, he kept the Passover. You realize, friends, that there is nothing in the blood of a lamb physically to, or, or, or from the perspective of human reason to say that's going to protect me. It, it doesn't have that power in it. But when you obey God in faith, you realize that that lamb was pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Moses was teaching them what I'm teaching you, to put your faith in Jesus, to call on the lamb of God who takes away sin of the world, to apply the blood of Jesus to your life, to your heart, to your family. Say amen, somebody. And that that faith will deliver you from the plague of the Egyptians. Say amen if you believe that. There's still power in the blood. And then he said, by faith, he passed through the Red Sea. Luego dice que por la fe, él traspasó el mar. How did they pass through the Red Sea? The Red Sea was passed as dry land. El mar rojo lo cruzaron como en tierra seca. You realize that faith can give you the ability to transfer out of one season into another. La fe te puede mover de una etapa a otra, from one level to another. That's what faith can do. That's why you got to walk by faith. And how did they cross the river? On dry ground. Cruzaron el río en tierra seca. And look at this phrase here, because uh, the writer of, of Hebrews is letting us know all the details here is that we need to know. He says, the Egyptians tried to do the same thing. And what happened to them? They drowned. Los egipcios hicieron lo mismo y se ahogaron. Why? Why did the Hebrews walk across the Red Sea on dry ground and the Egyptians try to do the same thing and drown? What's the difference? Faith. What's the difference? Faith. That's why I'm telling you, don't go put gas in that, don't go put water in that gas tank. Because you see, the, the Hebrews were walking in the light of revelation. They were walking in the light of the word of God. That faith produced, that word put, faith in them to do something that was impossible. The Egyptians had no such word and they had no such faith. You realize that, that there are people who are drowning in the metaphorical sense in the same problem you faced yesterday. They're losing their mind, they're cursing, they're having a nervous breakdown and there you are walking on dry ground. Some people get a headache and curse God. Other people get a headache and bless God. Some people get a cancer diagnosis and they curse God. Others get a cancer diagnosis and start beating the devil every which way. 
Come on, somebody. The same thing that you did and made it look easy, there are other people who can't do with all their effort because you're doing it by faith. So stay in faith. Now, here's what I want us to focus on tonight, and we're going to look at verse 26 and 27. Verse 26 ends with this phrase, he was looking to the reward. Under, underline that word, looking. And then verse 27, it says that he was, he endured as seeing. Underline the word seeing. Verse 26, looking. Verse 27, seeing. Now, I want you to go back with me to chapter 11, verse 1. And it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Underline that word seen. For by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Underline that word, seen and visible. You see, when you study the Bible, you've got you to get all the context in. In this chapter, we, we're all walking down the same hall of faith, and the same word keeps coming up. Verse 1. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And then, and then we see that the worlds were created or prepared by the word of God because what is seen was made by what is not seen. So here's the fact. Faith sees things that are invisible. Dice el verso 1... Que la fe es la, la, la certeza de lo que no se ve. Dice el verso 3 que la fe, por la fe entendemos que los mundos fueron creados por la palabra de Dios y lo visible por lo no visible. Y luego vemos que Moisés se sostuvo viendo lo invisible. invisible. ¿Qué entendemos aquí? Que la fe ve lo invisible. Faith sees the invisible. Now, I don't want you to think that we're talking about tonight about seeing things. What was that? Seeing shadows. And things that go bump in the night. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about seeing things in some schizophrenic sense. I'm not talking about... A, a high produced by a drug that makes you see things. You see, when you study the Bible, you understand that, that the heart hears and the heart sees. Paul speaks about the eyes of our understanding. Pablo habla de los ojos de nuestro entendimiento. Está dando a entender que la visión del Espíritu está en el corazón del hombre. No estamos hablando de, de ver apariciones o de ver algo producido, uh, alguna imagen producido por al, uh, alguna uh, química o alguna, uh, alguna droga. No estamos hablando de lo que el corazón ve cuando oye la voz de Dios. 
We're talking about what the heart sees and senses when you hear the word of God and the voice of God. And this is a powerful truth. Esa es una verdad muy poderosa, el poder entender que nuestra fe ve lo invisible. La mujer que tiene un hijo perdido lo ve salvo. The woman who has a lost son sees him saved. And she comes to church and she keeps praying that he will get saved. How does she see that? Faith. I studied at Dallas Baptist University. That campus sits on a hill. All of those buildings sit on this beautiful hill overlooking a lake. And thousands of students who attend there. Yeah, a very expensive college for those of you who are interested in going there. And one day, some hunters were out in that wood, in those woods, hunting. And they looked across and they saw that hill. And they said, let's get on our knees and pray that God will raise up a university on that hill that will preach the gospel. How did they see that? They saw before there was a single building on that hill, they saw a university raising up preachers to preach the gospel. Say amen, somebody. I spoke to a, a family. They had a, a cornfield across their, their, the road from their house. And the, the gentleman would walk into that cornfield and he would pray. And while he was praying, one day he felt moved to pray that God would have a church built on that cornfield. And today there sits one of the largest Hispanic churches in Texas on that, in the, what was that cornfield. And the gospel being preached because somebody saw the invisible. Somebody saw what the natural eye could not see. What's the difference? Somebody saw corn. Somebody saw uh, a hill and trees and brush. Somebody else saw God manifesting his glory among men and doing impossible works. Tonight, I want to challenge you and ask you, what do you see? Look at Moses. The Bible tells us a couple things here. Very important. It says in verse 26 that he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In verse 25, in verse 26, why? He considered the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. And he looked toward what? What does it say? He looked toward the reward. He saw something greater than what he was leaving behind. Look, if you don't see anything greater than what you're living, living in right now, you'll never have anything greater in your life. So I don't want you walking around thinking, oh, we're always going to have to wear a mask. We're always going to have to go to church in our car. We're always going to live with our in-laws. No, you got to stop thinking like that. Amen, somebody. The, the, the motivation to move forward was that Moses saw God's reward. Listen, I don't know exactly what Moses saw, but uh, if, I, if I'm standing on the same spot Moses was standing, 
at the end of his life, looking back, I see some things that Moses must have seen. And I imagine that from where he's standing, he saw the deliverance of the, of the slave nation of, Egypt, of, of Hebrews from Egyptian bondage. He saw the crossing of the Red Sea on dry land. He saw a, the nation of Israel entering into the promised land on the other side of the Jordan and living in houses they didn't build and wells they didn't dig and vineyards they didn't plant. He saw the Messiah coming forth from the Hebrew nation. He saw the gospel of Jesus Christ being preached all over the world. He saw Jesus, the son of the Hebrew nation, coming back with power and with healing in his wings to establish his kingdom upon the nations of the earth. And he said, oh boy, that is so much better than anything that Pharaoh can offer me. He saw it by faith. Say amen, somebody. Well, he didn't see it in his lifetime. He didn't get to experience it. Boy, you got to grow up. You realize how many people talk like that? Well, Jesus has been coming since I was a little kid. He hasn't come yet. When is he going to come? Watch it, buddy. Well, we've been praying for that for 10 years, for 20 years. We've been praying for this for four months. And, and your faith has to grow up to say, even if it outlasts my lifetime, God will do what he has shown me by faith. I'm going to see it. If I don't see it on earth, I'll see it from heaven. But I want to see God do what he promised. Say amen, somebody. You got to get a hold of this tonight. Do you see what God sees? By faith, he saw the reward. And he realized this is much bigger and much better than anything that can be offered to me by Pharaoh. And then in verse 27, it says, He left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured. Everybody say, Endure. How did he endure? He endured as seeing him who is unseen. He endured as seeing him who is unseen. You realize that endurance comes by seeing what God sees. And, and here's a number of things we need to see in this text. First of all, he saw the invisible. He saw the invisible plan of God li lined up and outlined in his word. How many of you believe the promises of God? Because if you want to know what God's going to do, read his word. Has God spoken over your life? Has God given you promises? Don't ever compare where you are to the promise of God and give up on the promise. Say amen, somebody. You realize where I am is not where I'm supposed to be until it looks like the word of God. He had the word of God. The invisible was visible because of the word of God. Moses endured as understanding the word of God. He also endured by seeing God. Now you say, well, pastor, that's easy because Moses saw God in a burning bush. 
I haven't seen God that way, so I can't endure. Well, Moses saw God in a burning bush, but he also served God for 40 more years without a burning bush. And so there are very few people who can say, I've seen God in a burning bush. But there are a lot of people who can say, I've seen God. Not like, not like Isaiah saw him. For he said, I saw the Lord seated in high and exalted in his, uh, in his uh, train filled the temple. And not the way that Peter and John saw Jesus when he transfigured himself and they saw the, the whiteness of the glory of God in the, in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. But like Moses, you've seen God in your life. You've seen God in the details. You've seen him in the way that he has interrupted the, the affairs of life and, and inserted himself to let you know he's in control. The way that he has moved you about from one place to another and you felt like you were in the pinball machine but you didn't realize that God was the one running the machine and he's taking you to the goal and he's taking you to the prize. Moses saw God in the things that were going on in his life. There can be no other interpretation of that fact as you understand the hardships that Moses experienced and the pushback that Moses would experience yet he he saw God in it. Now, if you understand verse 27, he left Egypt. When did he leave Egypt? He left Egypt twice. First time he left as a 40-year-old man. Second time he left with the nation of Israel. Verse 27 is talking about the first time. Why did he leave Egypt? He left Egypt because... He had committed manslaughter. He tried to deliver a Hebrew. He went a little too far. He killed an Egyptian in the process. And now he has to leave Egypt. Isn't that the highlight of his life right there? And the Bible says that by faith he left Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is unseen in the lowest moment of his life. Listen, it's easy to see God when you're standing on a big rock and the Red Sea is parted and the two million Hebrews are crossing on dry land. You say, I see God in this. That's not hard to preach right there. That's an easy sermon to preach. But when you're on the bottom, when you've committed manslaughter, when there is a world of trouble coming your way, when all of your dreams have fallen apart. That's when the sermon counts, isn't it? When Moses said he endured as seeing God, he saw God in all of that ruin and failure and wreckage and, and lowness of his life. And he saw that he was present in his life. That's before the burning bush. That's before he had that encounter on Mount Sinai with the Almighty in 40 days of being in the presence of God. That's before all of the miracles. He saw God at work in the details of his life. And I want to encourage you tonight to give your life a new lens 
and look at your life and see God is at work in your life, though you can't understand it, though you don't always can't always explain it, you can see the invisible and you can know that God is in control and that because God is good, he's going to work things out for your good and his glory. And somebody say amen. Here's what the Bible says, two verses of scripture as we close. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. Can you have them up here for me? 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. The Bible says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look at the things which are seen, pardon, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Underline those words again. Seen and not seen. We look at the things that are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? Are what? Temporal. That's a good old English word. What does that mean? Temporary. They're what? Temporary. Tell your neighbor, this is temporary. Say amen, somebody. This is temporary. COVID-19 got the whole world in an uproar, but it's temporary. Say amen, somebody. Economic downturn, upset, instability, say temporary. Unrest in the streets, temporary. Injustice in our world, say it, temporary. All of these things have a stop date. They have a moment when they're going to expire. The things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are what? Eternal. You and I live by faith and we see the eternal things. Say amen, somebody. The things which are seen are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. Now go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. Proverbios 4, 20 al 22. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. You got you to gotta read the Bible when you read it. All right? Look at verse 21. Let them not depart from your... What? From your heart... Keep them in the midst of your heart. Does he say, do not let them depart from your sight. Wait a minute. Verse 20 said, 
incline your ear to my sayings. Now verse 21 says, don't let them depart from your eyes. The word of God has to be in your ears. It's got to be in your eyes. In the midst of your heart. For what are they? They are life to you. They are life to those who find them and health to all your flesh. What do you see tonight? When you start to feeling sick, you got to see, by his stripes I am healed. When you feel the pinch in the economy, you have to say, my God shall supply all of my needs. According to his riches and glory. Don't let them depart from your sight. Keep that word ever before your spiritual vision. Why? Because it is life to those who find it and health to your flesh. Health to your body. The invisible will become visible when you walk with God. Say amen somebody. Lo invisible se hará visible cuando camines con Dios. If you believe that, stand to your feet. Let's pray together tonight. I want you to just lift your hands to heaven. And I want you to ask God to give you clearer vision. Ask Him to let you see what he sees because you might see a problem but he sees an opportunity you might see a mountain but he sees a doorway to a new level you might see a red sea he sees an opportunity to show off his glory father in Jesus name we ask you to give us clearer vision by faith we declare that we see the unseen. And because we see it in faith, we ask for it with faith and with boldness and with confidence. We see our nation turning its heart to you, O oh God. We see our sons and daughters hungry for the Spirit of God. We see the church rising up to triumph. We see what your heart sees, oh God. The nations coming as a mighty harvest for the kingdom of God in the latter days. We see our finances turning into blessing. We see our, our lives free from debt. Free from fear. We receive that by faith. We walk in it because it is life to us and it is health to our flesh. Come on, begin to speak in faith tonight. What you can see is temporary, but what is invisible is eternal. Far greater in his weight.